It was subtle in my ears. I didn't even think you guys would hear it. Yes, it was noticeable. Dude, I got these things touching each other inside my brain. <laughs> and over the ear, dude, hears it. Those are good headphones. Sensitive. <laughs> yeah. Sensitive. The ears? Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the week six edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell and Cody DeVault. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Good. Anything else? No? That's it? Pretty good. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Really what, good, actually. That's what I like to hear. All right. Real quick up top, you know, go follow our uh, Twitter and Instagram at Black Swarm Pod. Uh, Facebook, the Black Swarm Podcast. Uh, iTunes. Yeah, that that's important. iTunes and SoundCloud. <laughs> Those are the really important ones there. Uh, the Black Swarm Podcast. Also, I think we're still sponsored by JP, even though we haven't really gotten paid or any <laughs> shirts or anything for that. Right? We're going to talk it into existence. Yeah. <laughs> we just keep saying it. Eventually, we'll get shirts. That's right. All right. So, fellas, week six, Austin Town Fitch just rolled Firestone. What are we thinking? Um, from everything I understand, very typical fish te- Fitch team. Um, small, but hard-nosed, tough. They always play us well. They always play us at Fitch really well, so it should be a good time. They do tend to play us better when the clock's not working, too. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, that was rough. Yeah. That was rough for everybody involved. The clock wasn't working. Wow. Um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah, so Fitch is Fitch. Uh, don't have you know too much to say about them. If, if you've seen one Fitch team, you, you kind of have an understanding of what they do, how they do it. Um, they're usually a little undersized, and they... They understand that. That's part of their scheme. They run that three-three-five defense. They get a lot of bodies in the box. They can spread it out um, on defense. Offensively, they have a lot of moving parts, at least in the past. I remember one year they had a super tiny center. Actually, they have a really tiny center this year. Again. <laughs> yeah. Um, one year they had that center, and they pulled him on every play, mm-hmm. basically. He had this little 150-pound center, but he was sideline to sideline. Um, you get after you. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's in- interesting to see some of the things they do like that. Um, I mean, like you said, that you know they're not the biggest team. Uh, their line's not, you know, that small though. I mean, two eighty-five, two eighty-five, two sixty-eight, two thirty-five, and then one eighty. So, <laughs> l- listen, they like to move the center around, right? <laughs> He's good at what he does. Um, so I mean, I mean, that's not the smallest line, right? You know. Yeah. Three guys over 260. So, I mean, it's not the smallest line that we've seen. And, you know, they, they know what they're doing. They have two different quarterbacks, um, if you want to talk about that, Hank. Yeah, uh, one's a thrower, one's more of a runner. Um, you know, you kind of, as a team, you're going to telegraph what you're going to do or what you would like to do out of that. But still, like, they're both competent at the other thing that they're not in there for so it's still it's still a threat that they can do one or the other it's just one's going to be better at that the other um and like you said you know a lot of moving parts they they're big fans of like empty sets quads unbalanced stuff just a bunch like a lot of weird stuff that you normally don't see from a lot of other high school teams i remember back uh, the last one we played them over at fitch that uh they're really one of the first teams that i noticed that were running false key stuff like running the jet sweep one way and pulling the two play side linemen back the other way. And it really messed with our linebackers, you know, because you're reading, 
your linemen through the backfield. And that's they've always done that kind of stuff. Uh, like you said about the three three stack. I know we talk about how we generally, you know, mass and we've been successful the last few years with this coaching staff against the stack. Uh, I think Fitch is really the only one that we haven't just totally dominated just because they are the three three stack team that we play year in, year out. It's everybody likes to dabble in it. They're the ones that it's their system. It's like Perry and the wing T, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to be good at it. Uh, they they like to run that cover three match behind it. You know, it's nothing we don't know about, but again, they run it well. Uh, going back to the quarterbacks, I don't know. I haven't heard really anything about it. Have you seen any kind of rhyme or reason whatsoever when they choose one or the other, or they just kind of throw them out there and say, "Go, kid." One throws better than the other. One runs better than the other. Okay, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I really don't know that much about this Fish team. Um, I mean, if, if you're looking at their defense and maybe why they do run that 3-3 stack, uh, they have a strong defensive end. Uh, he's a three-year starter. He's 301 pounds. So, I mean... Bigums. Yeah, he's he's one of their better players. He's listed as a best player, three-year starter. So, you know, that'll be a good competition for our line to go against all night. Uh, their nose tackle is 210. Their strong side defensive end is also 210. So not the biggest guys, um, but they do have one that's pretty big, uh, pretty good. Their linebackers, uh, their Mike, their Mike is 210 pounds, not bad size, uh, but their Sam is 160, their Will is 170. And then when it comes to their safeties uh, or like the other guys that they're going to have around the box, not just your prototypical safeties that you might see like in our system, uh, 160 pounds, 160 pounds, and then 180 pounds. So you're going to see a lot of those guys in the box. Uh, they're going to play some in, some out, depending on the formation, kind of responsible for different duties. But that's kind of why they run that different system, because they don't have the big bruising guys um, that you know you can see with a your typical 3-4 or 4-3 defense. Yeah, I mean, that's all I got on uh, Fitch, if anybody else has anything. Oh. Nope. Okay. Perfect. Moving on. Uh, just real quick, circling back around Firestone. You know they are who we thought they were. Um, congrats, to Aiden, for breaking the all-time passing yards record. I think that's what happened. Touchdown, touchdown record. Touchdown record. Wait. No touchdown no, no, record. That two was, weeks ago. That was the week before. Touch, You're yeah, right. Passing You're right. Yards, yeah. It was passing he yards. Needed, yeah. 30, he got on the first on yeah. the first play. Yeah. And he got it on the first play. Uh, congrats to Ballard for returning the ball. Punt, 87 yards for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. What's our defense doing? Letting the ball get down that far that it was an 87-yard <laughs> punt return, but that's neither here nor there. Also, Rob said it, so coaches get mad at him, not me. He had a decent leg on him. I didn't to say it on air, but it is recorded at some point, so I have proof. <laughs> Moving on. That's about all we got football-wise, or at least these two weeks football-wise. I know, Rob, you had a fun game you wanted to play with us. So, uh, Are we going into that now? We, right now. We, do you want you to don't want to answer questions? All right. Let's answer questions. Not that we have a lot of them. So Yeah. So we put out on Twitter this morning, uh, you know, do you guys have any questions you want answered? We'll gladly do this at any point afterwards, too. Which This is more of a free-for-all right now to fill time because I'm sure this isn't a long podcast otherwise. And uh, first few responses, you know, um, at Matt Matigli said, uh, talk about politics. 
at Nash's Cash said uh, talk about religion, and at uh, Robe Dog Forty Two said talk about feminism. All subjects we will gladly cover when we finally want to burn the sucker down and be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for now, let's get to the serious question. Uh, Matt had a preview of our new region and potential playoff teams would be educational for the audience. I still can't remember all the teams in the region now. So, Cody, this one was uh, yours. What do you got? So, yeah, going into it, um, you know, changing regions. uh, Might see some teams in the playoffs, especially, that we haven't seen before. But also, actually, some teams locally uh, that we've seen quite a bit in the past. Today, if the playoffs started, we'd actually have a rematch with Warren. Um, Other teams, Willoughby South, Mayfield, uh, that team in Akron, uh, Perry, Lake, Hoover, Fitch is actually in there. So a lot of teams that we've seen before, um, Nordonia further down the list, if you guys remember them. Bedford from, what was that, two seasons ago? Yeah. In the playoff. Um, yeah, right now, um, if I break it down, I went on a Fantastic 50 with Joe Adel and that Steve Pasteur guy. Maslin, um, again, this doesn't mean anything, but it means something to us for sake of conversation. Yep. Maslin is a 90% lock for the one seed, um, which is pretty cool. Most likely to play right now, uh, it'll be Warren, Austin, or Uniontown Lake, my apologies, or Alliance. So I'd love to see us play Lake, um, just for someone, you know, I'd like to see us play in the regular season. Um, yeah. Hey, Federal League, let us team. play. Right, exactly. What up, though, Fed? <laughs> <laughs> and Alliance, uh, I think we used to play them like, back, back yeah. in the day, but uh-huh. not, not anytime recently. Um, Again, just going to some of those stats, uh, Maslin, we have a 6% chance to win out. I think that's kind of low, but sure. And then weeks 6 through 9, we're favored to win by greater than – we're favored to win by greater than three touchdowns in all of them. Week 10, they have us winning by 10. Again, who cares? We got to get there first. But just neat to see some of the guys, like the way they break it down and some of the formulas they use to see who and where. Um, yeah, like I said, though, right now it would be Warren again week nine or week eleven. My apologies. So it'd be neat to see how they've grown and yeah. how much we've grown. And see what would happen. Match and see yeah. what goes on. Tune up for week twelve. However, I'd still like to take another you know local team around here that otherwise refuses to play us. <coughs> Perry, like mm-hmm. anybody else. Well, a lot's gonna change. Yeah, with a the playoff lot. picture a before lot. we get there. Um, did you say Barberton was in our region? Uh, I believe so. Um, so I mean, Barberton, that's a team we're going to see mm-hmm. in a couple yeah. weeks. Uh, Warren, a team we've already seen. Warren's playing St. V this week, right? So, I mean, that's sure that <laughs> I'm pretty sure Warren plays at St. V. <laughs> they do Friday and, night. Yeah, you know, that could Saint be, v. you know, something that rattles around the playoff rankings. Barberton is not in our region, they're Just not in our right. region. Nope. Um, <clears throat> so. Well, I mean, Warren plays St. V. You know, that changes some things. Uh, what do you say? Lake is another team that's up there. Alliance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Lake, has, did they miss the playoffs last year, the year before that? Maybe both. Uh, maybe not. They were not They were not in our region, though, were they? No. I do not remember hearing their name being thrown around. Uh, but, I mean, Lake was a team that, you know, for a couple years in a row, they were contenders. They, they made a little bit of a playoff push there. Uh, so, I mean, they have some experience Back then, you know, I don't, it's not the same players, but you know, it's not like they've never been there before. Um, Alliance, not a team you hear a lot about as of late. Um, Warren, team we already saw. I mean, those are the teams that were projected to finish in the eight seed. 
assuming we have the number one seed. Mm. Um, a lot of teams in between that. Um, obviously, Hoban is in our region now, uh, the team that we saw in the state championship last year. <clears throat> um, but since they did have their one loss, you know, it's very unlikely that they work their way back up to a number one seed. Yeah. Not that it matters. Um, really, if you make it that far, if we both make it that far to where we play each other, it really just comes down to who wears what uniform. Can we just touch on um, Hoban's game week three game against Ignatius and what just happened to Ignatius this past week? We had to touch on that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, we I, can. I know the basics of it. I, I don't, and from my recollection, I don't know an Ohio team that's ever lost to a team from Canada. Um, now, don't get me wrong, like uh, football North is not your typical Canadian team. But still to think, you know, I mean, Ignatius is Ignatius. I know they they were the number one team in Division One last week, mm-hmm. which goes, again, to show you what rankings in week four mean. But I was, I mean, absolutely just blown away. Yeah, it was a Hail Mary at the end of the game, but still to lose to a Canadian team was... It was a shootout. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it was a Hail Mary, but they still gave up like 50 points mm-hmm. yeah. to them, right? And if you um, let it come down to a Hail Mary in the first place... Right, you should have never done it. I'm, I'm honestly assuming that that team was actually pretty good they have to be yeah um i also you know i don't have the hype in the ignatius like Mm -hmm. i would have 10 years ago (laughs) um so i don't think they are quite as powerful as they used to be but i mean i say the same thing about eds and eds won it all last year yeah um so i think that really shows how things might be changing altogether you know obviously hoban has been on the run for the last couple of years um you know you get out of cincinnati you got pickerington around the Columbus area, um, some of these teams that are picking it up where Ed's and Ignatius, you know, mm-hmm. were ruling it there for a while. I mean, And they still are. I just don't know if they are as unbeatable as they were a decade ago. I'm um, talking about the Hoban-Ignatius game. Not that I really saw any of it, um, but, I mean, it was a close game. We, yeah. we definitely, I'm trying to like remember yeah. us like it live, came down that reading was, it on Twitter as it's yeah, happening. That was, I, coming home from the Warren game. Um, yeah. yeah. So they went for two, I believe Warren at the end went, of the game so and missed I, it. I, I Hoban had, that, a, had the extra point blocked, yeah. right? They returned, oh, yes. they returned a kickoff, yep. which would have presumably tied it, mm-hmm. had the extra point blocked. Yeah. And then they went for two and didn't get well, it. Well, no, they had the extra point blocked. But there was a penalty on the other team, which allowed them to go for so two. So then they went. Okay. So then they went for two. Yes. And they didn't get it, and that's how Ignatius won by yeah. one. Yeah. Um. So I mean, that's it's obviously a tough matchup going against Ignatius any year. We don't know that much about him. We're trying to compare it to right. you know them losing to a Canadian team, mm. but it's not a typical no, Canadian. Your father's team. So, Canadian team. I mean, if you watch the that hail mary pass, I mean, it was beautiful pass, beautiful <laughs> catch. Yeah. Fifty five yards in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, not nice every Canadian it wasn't team is just, doing that. It, you know, it wasn't just uh, screw it, chuck it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then last week, Hoban goes out and puts up a pretty good performance against St. V. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they held him to a shutout, only gave up, I don't know who said it, one of you guys said they only gave up 17 total yards in the yeah. game or something like that. Something like that. Don't you... fact check any of us on anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, but, I mean, point is, this... they, they shut out St. V., which I mean, we gave up 14 points. Not that you're <laughs> trying to compare it apples to apples, but but we did score 14 more points. Yeah, yeah. I Again, will, apples to oranges, but continue. I will call this game right now for this week. I think Benedictine and Hoban is going to be a hell of a close ball game. 
Cody's bold prediction of the week. Bold prediction. Bold prediction of the week. I remember seeing Benedictine's name a couple weeks ago. I just can't remember. I think they're five and zero right now. Who they were playing or why I was reading about Benedictine, but I think they did something good or beat somebody good. Benny Benedictine just beat Fitch, if I'm not mistaken, last week. Yes. Yeah. Badly. Yeah. If I remember. Mm-hmm. Or at least they were up big. I think it might have. I think Fitch might have closed the gap at the end, but. Um, yeah, Benedictine beat up Fitch pretty good. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely We've the gone chance. totally off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who knows? Um, uh, I mean, while we're still on, you know, the parochial schools, Hoban in particular. Sure. Mm-hmm. Next question from at TW Sizemore 313. Also, just kind of shout out to him for being a big fan in general. Uh, always consistently interacting with us, even if we don't get around to responding because we're bad at that. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, he said, looking back on week 15 last year. QB for Hoban killed us, making plays on the ground. How much of a difference would Thomas have made for us in the game last year defensively? And what adjustments can be made to limit aside from just spying him? First, so, a few it, things. Yeah. Um, I'll let you handle this. So, the quarterback's mobility. You know, that that's definitely a big part of his game. And I do recall him having a pretty big run. With that being said, it's not like we're talking about Lynn Bowden, who's putting up 300 rushing yards as a quarterback in yeah. back-to-back years against us. Um, so he can run. He can pass. I wouldn't say that him just running around is a deal-breaker. You know, it sucks yeah. when he, he breaks one off, right? Yeah. Um, and it is something that you have to account for. I but mean, I don't know if there's. I mean, if I, I, I'd say he can run and he can pass, and that he does have an arm and he does have two mm-hmm. legs. I think what did we call him last year a good Fitch quarterback. Yeah, he was also young. Odd that you'd call him a good Fitch quarterback, but um, you know, I choose my words. Don't specifically look, yeah, there. Don't look into that too far. No, but I mean, he's not. He's not a game breaker. The offense doesn't run through him. He was also really young. I think he yeah. was a sophomore last year, right? Yeah. But. Still, uh, point being, mm-hmm. the off they're not you know they're not running the offense through the option. It's like he's not their primary exactly. threat. It's they a lot of their passing stre- passing game is on play action, weird formations, you know, tight end wing trips empty. That's a nightmare to defend for anybody. And they came out against us with that. Um, it's it's not something that I would bellyache about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys got anything else on him? Um, sure. I, I aren't you glad we're not playing him this week? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I'd prefer him to be on Fitch. But. Well, yeah. There's that. yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> I drive from Lake Milton every day. Is a yeah. heck of a drive. <laughs> prefer him to be in his own school district, but, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Yep. So, hour and a half round trip isn't anything. <laughs> the next to to the next aspect of that, or the next part of the question, um, would a healthy Jameer Thomas have made a big difference. I, I think the answer to that um, from him defensively is that, I mean, yes and no. You have to realize how we used him last year. Um, it, was, it was a lot of spotty situations. We used him, not really one-dimensional, but kind of like we put him out there and say, go make a play. He wasn't our every down player filling gaps and holding keys. It, he, he would make a play. Yeah. And you could argue that he would have made a really big play that could have changed the game. 
Mm-hmm. At the same time, he was not one of our every down defensive players. So yes, I think he would have had a positive impact. No, I don't think it changes Hoban's scheme. No. You know, Sunkel, the other guy that you know started at that position all year, um, he started for a reason. And it wasn't just because we didn't have anybody there to, anybody else to put in. He was a starting outside linebacker for Maslin. You know, that's that accounts for something. He was still a quality player, regardless of whether or not Jameer was behind him, not even behind him, ro- rotational with him. But, yeah, I mean, Jameer was hurt, so we can't do anything about that. It's It was what it was. We saw how the game turned out. Tough shit. It's this year now. Yep. And as for the last part of the question, what adjustments can we make defensively? It's only week six. We need to see what they're entirely willing to use him as, what our guys can do completely. We need to, you know, we haven't really, have we played a running quarterback yet? Like, uh, Trafford, the uh, quarterback could run when he needed to. He could scramble, and they yep. did run the quarterback, or they ran he a was bit slippery. through him, which it gave us a little bit of problems, but, you know, 42-21. 14 points of which kind of given up because one missed tackle on either play. Yeah. What are you going to do? <clears throat> Anywho, anybody else got anything to say about that? I, I think you're assuming that Hoban's going to have the same offense that they had last year. I'm not assuming. Not, that. okay. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. you. I think um, comparing last year to this year, it's just, it's not fair in any sense because we're not the same team they're not the same team you know things change personnel changes Hoban's not going to be doing the exact same things that they did last year for all we know the quarterback won't run it once or maybe he'll only run it yeah um I mean you're gonna have to see what they do the rest of the year because they they have changed things a little bit they inserted a pretty good receiver they have they still have a good tight end Supposedly their line isn't quite as consistent as it was last year. So it's, you know, who knows what they're going to be like. You know, when the time comes, we'll have a better idea of what they've been doing, how they have 12 weeks under their belt, and uh, what we can really expect from them and how we will defend it with the defense that we have now. I don't I don't think that you can really compare last year to this year. Fair point. Off the wall question. You said they inserted a really good receiver. Was he suspended? Oops. Was he, you know, on academic probation? Or did he happen to come from a certain North Canton Glen out? I don't know. Nobody knows. Moving on. From at btombo73 <laughs> wants us to talk about the new Call of Duty. Listen, I hope it's good. The graphics look good. The gameplay looks good. <laughs> I haven't owned a Call I of Duty. I plan on getting it. Yes. I haven't owned a Call of Duty since uh, Black Ops 3. And then I played the newest World War II one like once. Mm-hmm. So I am not... Unless your video <laughs> game has me like being able to audible to four verts or like, you know, check to cover zero against empty. Yeah. I, it ain't for me, fam. It's not yours? <laughs> no. Yeah, I went straight from Modern Warfare 2, the greatest video game ever made. Oh, which was like 2011, yeah, plus or minus one, yeah, 
straight to World War Two, which came out last 17, 18? 17. 17? Late 17. 17. And uh, let me tell you, Jim and I actually got pretty good at that. Only one specific game mode. We're not we're not good at the other stuff. Yeah. But uh, I we plan on getting this new one, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. I watched some of the videos for it. It it does look it looks decent. It looks nice. They have the uh, at least on the one that I saw, they have the offset forty five degree sights Ooh. as like yeah. you can you can pick which one you want to look through. I, okay. I don't know. I kind of nerded out on that a little bit. <laughs> not piquing my interest, but um, I'm sure you'll play it. Uh, yeah, with Jim or I when we have it. I'll dabble. Dabble. <laughs> I'll dabble. Cody, you got anything? Uh, no. Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> no. All I right. We were skipping that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now here's the guy that really just made me want to read the rest of the like people that ask the questions because this is ridiculous. At Benjamin six 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 two seven seven nine oh says you definitely need more booster club presence on the podcast no we've had enough yeah. One's en- no yeah. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> just kidding that was a good one yeah no ben was good go listen back to that one uh, one of our off-season episodes that actually got a lot of traffic because ben is actually can read very well read very well speak very speak? well speak i'm sure he speak. can also yeah read he could probably well. read very well too but you know but we don't know that for fact no we do not know that for fact, but we assume. Yeah. Anywho, moving on. A certain um, at Cody Devault fifteen. Hey hey. <laughs> College football top four. What do you got, Cody? Is your question? Uh, your question. I hate myself for putting it this way, but uh, Bama at one, OSU at two, Georgia at three. Uh, you can flip those either way. And then LSU at four. I think Clemson's looking at it at five right now after UNC last week. Really? Uh-huh. All right. This is a pretty tough thing for me yeah. to answer. You know, I, I think there's six teams that could be in the top four. Yeah, right and that's what a lot of people – right now a lot of people are saying your top six. Yeah. You know, they're, they're putting them in different orders, but it's really your top six teams. Um, I obviously think Ohio State is one of the top four teams. Uh, the way that they've been playing I think is better than – people expected they didn't think a new quarterback um four new offensive linemen it was going to click right away like this and i mean justin fields hasn't been perfect even though it, it seems like he has you know there, there have been a few times where you've yeah. seen kind of a rookie mistake from him but um i think in general Ohio state's been playing really good the defense has been really good mm-hmm. uh clemson i knew going into that game last week mac mac brown's north carolina team they're an up and down team, but when they're good, they're pretty good. So I thought I didn't think they were going to lose, but I thought it was going to be a tough game. Um, but Clemson lost a bunch of players on defense. Trevor yeah. Lawrence isn't playing the way people expected him to this year. I Not mean, invincible. He's, he's a true sophomore. Yeah. It's like he came in. He did, there wasn't a lot of film on the true freshman, so he showed out last year. Now guys can kind of see what he does and doesn't do. Yeah, I mean, he's still just a great talent quarterback. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure they can change things up, but I don't know if that's more system or him, you know, unless they're able to trick him at the line. I don't know if it really changes him that much. Um, Georgia, LSU, obviously Alabama, you know, it's tough to say anything bad against Alabama until they finally lose a game, you know. Exactly. And then it comes alive. Like last year's national championship game, you go, oh, 
<laughs> maybe they weren't quite as good, but nobody knew going into it. It's not until it happens that you really know if Alabama's perfect or not. Um, I think Oklahoma has an absolutely dynamic offense. Their defense is still growing. Trying to, you don't know if they're going to be able to stop an elite team. You know, mm-hmm. they're able to put up fifty points a game. They also give up some points. Big Twelve defense. It's a Big Twelve defense, and they are a very Big Twelve defense. And that's the biggest complaint about them is you don't know if Oklahoma's defense is going to be able to step up against a better team. And you know, as the season goes on, we'll obviously see that Georgia, good team, LSU, Joey Burrow, you know, doing great things down there. So I mean, I I think. You got a solid six teams, and I'm sure in a couple of weeks, one or two of those teams will be out, and another two will be in. So, oh. do you have a top four? No, I I didn't really. If I had to say, because there's do. some of them, you know, some of them I haven't seen that much of, to be honest. Just give a top four: Ohio State, Bama. Those two for sure. Okay. That's my one and two. Coward. And then from there. Man, I just don't know. I think LSU has been doing really good. I just have a hard time trusting them in a really big playoff game right now. Yeah. Um, quick quick note. Honestly, about, same thing with Georgia. Jake Fromm's a big name, but he hasn't really been doing that much. So, quick note about OSU. You talked about their four, you know, brand new offensive linemen, the mm-hmm. one returner Thayer Munford and Maslin. I thought it was really neat during the Nebraska game. They, I forget if it was Herb Street or Fowler, whoever it was, shouted him out. You know, calling him. Orlando Pace-esque for finishing a block 10 yards down the field, laying on top mm-hmm. of the kid. That was pretty neat. Yeah, I mean, Mumford, if you get the chance, you know, sometimes when I'm watching the Ohio State game, a lot of the time, actually, I'll just, <laughs> Most of the I time. will just watch Mumford. And it's amazing how boring he makes the game for me <laughs> not yeah. being a lineman guy, right? Because yeah. I don't really understand. It, his blocks are just perfect every time. And when you're when you have a perfect pass block, there's nothing flashy about that. You know, it's not a pancake. You're not scoring a touchdown. You're not hurdling anyone. You just have a guy that can't get past you. Yeah. And he does it perfect. And it's just amazing watching him. Or you know, every now and then I'll watch a replay, and you'll see him do a down block. And it's you know, it's not really where the ball went, right? Mm-hmm. But perfect. Or. Earlier in the year, he got out, and I think he got on a corner on, a, I don't know if it was a screen or a toss or jet sweeper. Point it, is, it I think he, he got out and blocked a corner for a touchdown. Great block. Yeah. And you just watch him. I mean, he's solid. Doesn't get holding penalties. He's the returning guy on that line. And, uh, I mean, he's something. I know he's on the watch list for whatever the... Outland or Remington? So, one of the yeah. I think Remington's a center. offensive lineman Outland awards. On one of the lineman awards. Yeah. He's on the radar for. So I don't know. They at the beginning of the year they put out the list of like all these awards watch lists that in that yeah. If yeah. you are a starting position in a mm-hmm. top twenty five program, you're just on the watch list. Yeah. So I, I think the Take shield will come calling his name someday. Yeah, it looks like it. But like you said, you said boring. I mean, it's like. It's boring to watch in that it's so, like, just mind-numbingly consistent. Consistent. It's smooth. I mean, there's never any, you know, flailing arms. or no. you know, per- I, I don't know. It's just perfect. Yeah. I'm not a lineman guy. But. And, I mean, I, I kind of watch the line in general as a starting point for any play because they'll tell you what the play is. You don't run past anything like that. And I will find myself more often than not watching Thayer 
and he's just dominating whoever he plays against. I mean, he you'll get a couple plays a game, him just body bagging some kid. Yeah. Like you said, it was, it was a toss play uh, where he got up on that corner for the touchdown, and it was just like that corner wanted no part of him. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't blame him. The hardest part about that, and, uh, you know, I, I assume I wasn't a lineman. Yeah. But I assume the hardest part about that block is just getting yourself in the right position against the shifty corner out there. It's kind of like if you can get in the way correctly, no, the hardest, it's a good block. The hardest part is making sure he doesn't Hitting take somebody out. 100 pounds lighter than you isn't yeah. that hard. No, the hardest part is making sure he doesn't take out your ACL when he decides to go low because he knows he's going to lose. It does happen. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, my, my uh, top four here are OSU at number one. I'm not home run at all. Definitely not. Bama, Clemson, LSU. Yeah, Georgia, I watched the game against Notre Dame. They hadn't shown me much. Oklahoma, I need to see, what's his name? Hurts. Uh, yeah, Hurts. I need to see him be forced to pass the ball a bit before I can really, mm-hmm. truly believe in him as a quarterback. I, I like him as like a college quarterback. You know, he can run the ball. He's dynamic. He's putting up you know, these tremendous, yeah. you know, Yards, totals, all this stuff, but I need to see him be forced to pass the ball before I can really buy into him as a quarterback. He's not a traditional drop back pocket pass. No. That's not, for sure. Not at all. We'll definitely have to do a Heisman conversation sometime in the future. If we end up being railroaded with no other content at okay. all. Yeah, sure. Moving on. <laughs> at Simon Says Store says more defensive coaches. Yes. Yeah. We agree. Yes. Like yeah. Any and all defensive coaches are welcome on the podcast. Any and all offensive coaches are welcome. Any and all coaches, all period, coaches. welcome on the podcast. Especially you, Coach McConnell. <laughs> Need DC on here sometime. All righty, let's see here. Moving along. Update on the regions. Nope, we got that. Morning, fellas. Okay, here we go. I think we got some money here. At BigPlay underscore Blake says, would love to hear about what programs are going on for the kids outside of the team itself. Mm. Back in the mid-late 2000s when I was there, we had the Sideliners, Orangemen, Touchdown Club, among others. I think it would be great for the audiences to hear about some of the other stuff the community provides for the athletes off the field. It's a really special community. So, seeing as two of us in this you know, room are sideliners and booster club members what do we got so we, we've talked about the booster club before they do a lot of things um that you know about they do a lot of things that you don't end up hearing about not that they're secrets it's just you know a lot of things don't make the news um but it's always supporting the team sideliners is a program that we have in Maslin where essentially you have these group of people that are assigned a player on the team and if nothing else you are a mentor for the kid um, a counselor a friend you go out to dinner once a week as a team uh, for the sideliner meal on Thursday nights and uh, we go to a lot of different uh, local places that you know, donate their facilities or they donate food. And really the whole idea is that, you know, every player on the team has somebody, you know, outside of 
the coaching staff outside of the school, outside of their family, that they can talk to about things, that he can discuss things. Um, you know, sometimes things come up and the kids need something from somebody. Um, and we're not talking about money, you know, so it's, you know, just guidance, um, a father figure in some cases. Um, it's somebody that's kind of tailored to a specific kid as if it was their own. Um, at least once a week, a lot of people talk to their kids more than once a week. They talk to them during the season, out of the season, make sure that they're doing well in school. Um, it's just kind of, you know, a buddy system, a pen pal, somebody that, you know, you always have with you um, that has your back. So that's kind of what the side on our program is. Uh Another thing that got brought up in the question was Touchdown Club uh, the and the Orangemen yep. you mentioned. So the Touchdown Club is an event that happens every Tuesday, I believe at noon. I, I don't know. eleven. It could be 11.30. It could be 12.30. Sounds right. Tuesday at lunchtime, I believe it's down at the Eagles. Mm-hmm. It's a group that gets together. They have a lunch. They usually have... I think Coach Moore goes to it every single week. He usually brings a player or two. And it's kind of just like another gathering that has to do with Maslin football. It's a luncheon. They go, they eat a meal. And uh, I've never been to one. It's its own kind of group. But uh, I don't think, I don't know, I don't think they really give back that much. I think it's more of like a meeting place Yeah. than... I think it's very similar to like what the booster club meetings. It's kind of like going like. to a booster club meeting, but yeah. with food. Exactly. Um, so it does cost money to go to it because you're getting food, but um, it's not really, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think that they're doing a whole lot in essence to give back. Um, that's just not what it's designed to do. The Orangemen is another group. Um, the, the difference the difference there is that I have no idea <laughs> what do they do. I know that they get orange shirts and that either they get orange shirts because they're called the Orangemen or that they're called the Orangemen because they get orange shirts. One way or another, yes. the name and shirt match. Yes. Uh, I know it, it's another organization like the Booster Club um, where you can pay a due to be in the Orangemen. But besides that, I don't know when they meet. I don't know if they eat when they meet. I don't know what they discuss when they meet. I do know that they raise money, and I know they give back. I just don't know where or how. I don't know if it gets divvied back into the Booster Club's fund. Um, there's, I know there's a lot of people in the Orangeman Club. I just don't know exactly you know, when their meeting is. I know we've basically been like, or Rob at least has basically been describing a mafia up to this point that the Orangemen are, but they're not an actual mafia. They're not the mob. Not that we know of. Not no no they, <laughs> no. Uh, no it's, it's just another organization, and I know they've been around for a long time. Yeah. And it's something that I always heard of, um, growing up. Um, I think there was like an Orangeman club. I, I feel like there was a separate Orangeman thing back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um. I just don't know that much about it. I mean, it's not a secret. You know, anyone can join. Yeah. Um, 
I just don't you don't hear as much about what they do specifically as an organization because it's so intertwined with the booster club I believe yeah it's pretty much like they're hand in hand as far as you know what they do goes and also hand in hand in that I also have no idea what they do <laughs> so Cody, unless you got something to add. Yeah, if an orangeman wants to come and fill us in, that'd be great. Yeah, actually, anybody, any orangeman out there want to come in? I believe that Phil Elam heads the orangeman, if that sounds right. Yes. I. Be- if not, he's the one that I think talks on their behalf at the Booster yeah. Club meeting. I would believe an Elam is ahead of it at some point <laughs> or another. Yes. Well, I, I, I think. I, I'm not 100% sure know. about them. Um, but another organization... I guess, along the lines of helping out in the community. Um, we have the Tiger Moms, mm-hmm. which it, it's been going on for a while. Like, at least I know we had it. I don't know if they were um, like a dedicated group like they are now. Back when we played, back then it was just some moms that came and helped and fed the team. That's really what they did. They showed up and they helped feed the team. They helped make sandwiches during two-a-days, stuff like that. Um, it has evolved so now it is more of a real group. It's its entire entity. I think that they have their own um, nonprofit business organization through the state, and they raise money. They do raffles. They do fundraisers, and all of that money goes towards helping the kids. Yeah, help um, feed the team. They mainly. help feed the team yeah. mainly. Um, so that's another organization that they have going on right now, um, a little bit bigger than it was in the past. I would say all of like the local businesses that help feed the team, like during camp and things. I know they do a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, think, I think it's, that's through the booster club, but it's the pregame, like the sideliner dinners, mm-hmm. all the businesses around here. You know, they they donate that, they supply that. Yeah, so I mean, not everything just gets given away for free, but um, we they do get a lot of food, <laughs> um, and a lot of these different businesses donate you know either money to go towards food or they donate food or they donate a place for the kids to come eat food uh and i think a lot of those places i think it's in the program i think they get their names in the program yeah if not i know they make it a point to recognize all of those businesses like on the scoreboard at a halftime i think last year it was raining really bad mm-hmm. and so like they <laughs> didn't really have the on the field you know ceremony that they wanted to have, but they still give recognition. So, I mean, if you can find it in the uh, program or, you know, when they run it on uh, the scoreboard, you know, it just shows that how many different businesses are willing to donate to the team. So you're, you're telling me that 16, 17 and 18 year olds like to eat. They love to eat. They <laughs> do enjoy them some food. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. All right. I think we covered that well enough, right? I mean, there's a hundred different yeah. people and companies and organizations that give back. And that is why, you know, the Maslin community, I think the point that he was kind of get to was, you know, it deserves to be talked about because there are so many different things going on. But I mean, it would be impossible to, you know, rattle them off off the top of our heads without just ranting. So, <laughs> so we're not going to <laughs> moving on. Last one, I we got a lot of stuff on Twitter like that was kind of relatively the same of like, hey, what's a region going to look like? Mm-hmm. Playoffs, Hoban, all this and that. We appreciate all the feedback. Just we, I think we answered the questions as best as possible. Last one, 
on our Gmail, no less, that we forgot. You know, Ooh, I haven't seen this. Yeah, that, that we had from Brian Englehart. Uh, it's, hey guys, great podcast. I'd be interested in t- to know what your top five or favorite five non-McKinley games are uh, since 2000. Okay. So, I'll, uh, I'll give Brian's top five here, and uh, let's see if that jogs some memories for people. Let's see here. So, we got, uh, since 2000 is Iggy 05, St. Ed's 05, Wynton Woods 18, East St. Louis 18, and Perry 02. So, what do you boys got? Well, I know Cody made a list, so I'll let him go first. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of like his list, I hate to be really heavy on 2005, but mm-hmm. it's hard not to be. Um, Iggy and 05, of course, because that's that's the win. Mm-hmm. That's I'll never forget that game. St. Ed's in 05 up at the Rubber Bowl. Was third in a million. Third in 33. Yep. Um, East St. Louis in 2018. Um, just the entire game was a dogfight. That passed to Ballard as he tiptoes inside mm-hmm. of the back line of the end zone yeah. for the go-ahead score. People talk about 05. They forget the Findlay game, the second round of the playoffs over at Arlen Field and Mansfield. Finley was down, ran the hook and lateral, got it down to the three, ran three plays as time expired, and we had that goal line stand to win and move on to beat McKinley the next week. And then I have him tied the Glenout game in 2014. Um, J.D. Crabtree had the big run to break the tie going in late to win. And then Perry in 2014, only because that was the first game my senior year, and we were able to beat Perry at their place. Yeah, I like it. Rob, you got anything? Um, I don't know if I can put together, you know, a list of five. Obviously, the St. Ed's 05 game, like you mentioned, that's one that you know, just automatically, you know, comes to mind. Uh, I remember you know, how cold and snowy it was <laughs> up there. And uh, the third and 33 play, which, you know, no one will ever forget. Um, so I, that's definitely one. Um, I think when we played McKinley in the playoffs, oh, we can't do McKinley games. We, I'm using a McKinley game. Screw it. Right. When we played McKinley game, played McKinley in the playoffs for the district regional championship. Yeah, my sophomore year, so 2009. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I just remember at Infocision, you know, coming out of the tunnel, and we. Their tunnel, it's kind of like a long tunnel walkway, and you can see up into the stands, the people on the edges. But I remember when we showed up, there's a lot of people. But I remembered seeing a lot of people wearing other schools, jackets, shirts. You'd see a lot of Glen Oak stuff, Central stuff, you know, all of the local schools. It seemed like we saw a lot of different people that came to watch that game. And, you know, when you get to week 13 and it's Madison versus McKinley again. Um, but I remember looking up behind us we had the double leveled stands and just how packed it was and the same thing next week against glenville uh when we lost in the state semifinals but i i remember how big that mckinley game was and you know we had some stuff going on before the game on the field with mckinley but then after the game you know they all just kept telling us to go win it they're like hey you know you, you, not what they said, but you beat us fair and square. Like, hey, now go finish it. You know, win. 
Um, so I, I just remember being a part of that. So that was, that was a big game. Um, I mean, that's that's two huge ones. Another one that I think sticks out to me, also probably because I was on the team, when we went down to Steubenville for the first time you know, yeah. in our generation. Yeah. So when we went down also in 09, I remember we showed up. We had to have gotten down there early afternoon. I mean, I don't even think we went to school that day. We just basically got on a bus and went down to Steubenville because Steubenville's facilities are so small that we have to go to an indoor down there close to the stadium. And we did all of our walkthroughs down there. We got changed there. We did all we got all of our ankles and wrists taped up, anything that you needed like that. It all happened there because Steubenville's away locker room literally only holds like 15 people. So we had to do everything off-site. So we get down there really early. We knew it was going to be crazy. The coaches, the fans were all trying to hype us up before the game, and none of us really understood because we didn't know about the Maslin-Steubenville rivalry. We roll through Steubenville early afternoon in our buses, and it was like going downtown after a McKinley game. All of Steubenville was in the streets, blocking off our buses so we couldn't get through, throwing stuff at the windows, Mm -hmm. and that was the reality check of, oh, this actually means something. Yeah. And then just how, if you, you know, I've never been to another stadium like Steubenville's. Mm -hmm. It's down in a little hole. It's so weird. You got the cemetery behind it. (laughs) Everything's in really close together. There's no sidelines. You're basically leaning against the stands. They have the horse that brings fire. No, you're leaning below the stands. You basically, well, we had to keep stuff under the stands. If you had to sit down, but it's just so tight. And they have the speakers pointed straight down to the ground. And, you know, they were definitely amped up because it was the first time seeing us in however long. So that was such a big game. We ended up losing. We got down to the one-yard line, and we threw an interception. But we lost the game, but just the environment, the first time seeing that. Yeah. That was the first time that I saw something not McKinley-related that was that big of a deal. Um you know, barring like a state championship game or something. But yeah. Um, so that's another one that, you know, just I'll, I'll never forget going down there. You done rambling? Yeah, that's three. So now you go. <laughs> that's three. I was for five. That took longer than Cody's five. Yeah, but they're a good three and good reasoning. Eh. It came from the heart, Hank. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get your Jolly Rancher and a hug when we're done with this. Anybody can just rattle off games. Speaking of rattling off games, I'm about to rattle off five games here. Mm-hmm. All right. So I have a bit of a recency bias because I promise you, like, my entire childhood was walking around in haze. Like, I, I also don't have a great memory yeah. of younger games. I remember going to the Rubber Bowl a few times. Yeah. Do not remember the games. I definitely remember so watching I, my dad like crash through the stands at the Rubber Bowl. Mm-hmm. Not that because he did anything bad. It's just like he's standing on it, and the Rubber Bowl was rickety that and bad icy. And, and <laughs> it's it always cold. The yeah. wind swirled inside of there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of this, I just remember hearing people talk about. I don't no, have to it remember no. it, but I just I have. I was a, there. I have a distinct memory of my dad standing on the bleachers, and then the Rubber Bowl de- deciding to quit on him, and just <laughs> they broke. <laughs> so, anywho. Not a great memory beyond that of, you know, mm-hmm. younger games. So, a bit of a recency bias here. Number one, 
East St. Louis last year. That's also top five for me. That, that was, I mean, Big game. W- one of the like greatest competitive events I have ever been to live, period. Yeah. Full stop. You know, just the way that game went from beginning to end, it was just it was incredible. And I we didn't have a big crowd that game, but that is I mean it was it was it wasn't sold out. No. But it was a it was a good I mean, crowd. It wasn't a small wow. crowd by but they were Paul loud. Brown. Yeah. But we were loud, like deafeningly loud. And it just like thinking about that game, you know, Aiden dropping it in the bucket in the back of the end zone to Jaden. I thought there was no way. No chance that was going to get completed when it, you know, just the trajectory of it. Yeah. yeah. And it drops. I mean, I. Right on the back I line. still want to talk to Trox about that. That was one of the things we, like, when we had him here, I want to talk about, but it just never came up that. And it was like we third and up, one. It would, no, yeah. right no. There. It was third, third and five? It was third and eight on, third and eight? on their, like, 40. That because we, I wanted to run the ball, yeah. get us in for a fourth and manageable, yeah. and then run it again. Yeah. Instead, we take a shot. And Ins- wow. No. Instead, we line up two by two, call our sale concept, which is inside guys run out, ten yard outs, outside guys run skinny posts. And we had been living on that all game, hitting the uh, the ten yard outs to get the first down. And I think that's why they called that. To, you know, hey, we're gonna get the first down, keep this drive going. Aiden just says. Uh uh-uh. uh, chicks take the long ball. We're winning this game right here, and he just drops it in the bucket. And Butterfly with sore feet. Yeah, just whole game. I mean, you have the end around, or you have the reverse wide receiver pass touchdown to Aiden. Yeah, uh, it was beginning to end. Hell of a game. It was. I thought you were just rattling these off. Are you, are you gonna do an explanation too? Hello. Yeah, a little better of an explanation. I'll allow it. All right. I mean, I'll allow it. It's also my podcast. <laughs> oh, it's your podcast. Also, as in we share, even though I wear all the hats. Continuing. Winton Woods, same year, 2018. You know, we come in year after just really getting our dicks kicked in by them and the really anything after the first quarter. Everybody was hyped. I think a little too hyped, you know. Energy seemed a little off that game. First couple drives, we had the ball. We couldn't really do much. When Woods is just... Kind of the opposite. They, yeah. They scored early. Yeah. But then nothing after that. Exactly. Yeah, they seemed a little more comfortable in the whole situation. In this tiny-ass stadium. How about and, how much that place sucked? Oh. Like, you had to climb over railings to get into the oh, middle yeah. section. Yeah, that was odd. Yeah. Gahanna Lincoln, man. Never want to go back. That was odd. Yeah, you literally had to jump over a rail to get to the middle section. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not wow. great planning. Did they have um, the play clock there? Uh, no, they, they did not have a play clock back They didn't back have here. it there either. No. And we the also... sales didn't. I know that the first time around. Yeah, I think neither yeah. of them did. Yeah. One yeah. of our biggest complaints from two years Thanks, ago. Thanks, OSHA. And, yeah. yeah. And we also, because sometimes our fans can just be oh so lovely... Standing up during a big... I can't even remember what happened. No, that was your big stand. Yeah, but everybody standing up, cheering. Dudes behind us like, hey, sit down. No! (laughs) Stand up and cheer for our our team. Support the Tigers. All right? God. (laughs) All right. Stand up and cheer. So we're going to put money on they don't have a play clock or game clock this week? 
Uh, neither. <laughs> yeah, neither. <laughs> All right. Moving along. Nobody's mentioned this one yet, and I kind of like that. Boardman, 2017. Good week game. 11. Mm, not one of my favorites. Well, most of it I didn't like. We had, like, what, a seven-series stretch where we got one first down, moved the ball maybe 70 yards total. It was frustrating. And I yeah, think, I think that's exact. Yeah. And it was kind of like that was a big problem we had with that team the entire year. I think the coaches now would like us significantly less. We were on the podcast back then, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Anywho, I like that game because we were losing right at the end there. We came back, drove the ball down, scored and won, and it was the first playoff win for really this whole staff. And I don't know. It was like the first playoff win where me personally – I was friends with a lot of guys on. I'm friends with a lot of guys on staff. You know, we're obviously friends with a lot more of them now. But it's like, hey, this doesn't just feel good as a Maslin fan. It like it feels good for these guys. I think. That, I think looking back, I, I understand what you're saying because yeah. Recently, we've been talking about you know a, a three year yeah kind of run here, mm-hmm. and that was the beginning of yep. this three year run. I will admit. That for the majority of that game, <laughs> I was not a happy camper. Oh, I was the guy in the stands it, complaining that we're not running the buck sweep. You know, not literally, but, you know, I was coaching from the stands the entire game. You and I both were. And I was just so furious. And I didn't know the coaching staff very well back then. Mm. So I just assumed it was like every other coaching staff in the world. And they didn't know what they were doing. And. You know, we're going to lose week one at home in the playoffs. That You know, that can't happen. But, you know, we won. And, wow, what a what a ride since then. Yeah. You know, so. It, it seemed like it it was it was a, a release almost for this, you know, this coaching staff, for Coach Moore and all these guys, that we finally got that first one in the playoffs. And ever since then, we've just been on a tear. Yep. Nobody else? All right. Continuing on. My number four top five game, Delaware Red Lion, 2011. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And why is that a top five game? Because your boy got some playing time <laughs> <laughs> against a team that I just counted as like you were talking five minutes ago mm-hmm. out of their 22 offensive and defensive starters. Mm-hmm. Only three didn't go on to play at some big D1 college or yeah. make it to the NFL. Yeah, so Red Lion, for those that don't remember, <laughs> is a team that we played my senior year in 2011, the season of 2011, and they were a nationally... It's a football academy. Basically, they said we are going to be a school for football players and they brought in kids specifically for football, so they're not allowed to play in their like state's playoffs. Yeah. They accepted that. So they traveled all around the world, the country, playing other big-time schools. And they had a bunch of dudes on that team. When I found some of my old um, playbook stuff, scouting report stuff from senior year, the first thing I did was found Red Lions roster, started looking up some of those players, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, what eighteen out of the twenty-two went D one. Yep. Um, I think four or five 
made it to the NFL. That sounds right. Yes, I I have it somewhere. I could look it up. That's that's something to be discussed another time. But yeah, I mean, like eighteen, nineteen of their twenty-two guys went D one, and four or five made it to the NFL, all on one starting roster, and they came into Paul Brown, and uh, we kind of kicked their butts. We kicked that ass so bad. I got some playing time. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that was that was a big game. Yeah. All right. And my number five favorite game that I've seen since 2000. 2014, Perrysburg. Okay. <laughs> because. <laughs> because. Because. Oh, boy. The Black Swarm Podcast favorite coach, Jason Hall, that is the game that got his ass fired and kicked the hell out of Maslin. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody remembers, but it was that year that he had just got himself a nice little nice little two-year extension on his contract. Yep. Yeah? And we go into Perrysburg, week 11, you know. Team is... I, I think we were favored. I can't remember. We were pretty good that year. 7-3. Yeah, 7-3. Yeah, JD, help. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. Yeah. 7-3 <laughs> Jason Hall team. You don't say. We go in... We have the honor of being the first running clock in OSHA postseason history. And they made that extremely clear over the very, system. They made it very well known. But after that, <laughs> head coach gets fired. And we well, and we usher in the Nate Moore era. And we see where that leads us to. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Already looking, what, sitting at week six? Week six. Third away there. Looking ahead to week 15. That wasn't happening back then. That hasn't, when's the last time that's happened in Maslin history? Huh. Exactly. Hence that being my number five, top five game. Good pick. Yeah? Good pick. Like I said, fellas, off the wall. There you go. (laughs) There we go. So that, um, and with that, that's the last of our listener questions and all that jazz. Rob, I believe you had one last game to send us out on. Yeah. So who knows how smoothly this is going to run? Not at all. I, uh, I thought of this at five o'clock today and, uh, 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Probably told you guys about it like at 530. Yep. Mm-hmm. None of us. Did any of our homework until uh-uh. about six thirty? Yep, so, correct. <laughs> Sitting at this table. Uh, so the whole point, and <laughs> yeah, we all did it right here. All right. So the whole idea here is I'm going to call this name that tiger. Okay. So the idea is that we all picked one person that has something related to Maslin Tiger football, past or present, and we're gonna kind of give hints or clues about the person and see if the other people here can guess it. So like when I name mine off, we're going to see who can guess first between Hank and Cody. When Cody does his, who can name it off first between me and Hank. For those of you listening at home, you know, you can just try to guess who it is. See how many questions, it, how many hints it takes before you pick up on who it is. Yeah. And um, see if so you can I told you guys to keep it easy. 
so we don't look dumb. <laughs> and <laughs> That's hard I, to do. And then I picked a pretty tough one, so yeah. I'm sorry. All right. Um, but you're going first, Tank, you said? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. So Make sure your hints are in a decent order. I mean, this hint is actually pretty good. Okay. And I think you guys will like this one. The stadium is named after him. Not falling into that trap. Yeah, not <laughs> happening. Next. <Damn. laughs> <laughs> no the stadium is named after him. Yeah. So the stadium, it's Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. That's the stadium, right? Yeah. We're not like one of those people that have a stadium and a field. There's no uh-huh. nicknames. Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. So it's named after the tiger? I don't know. Go, go ahead. I don't I don't have it yet. Nothing. Nothing? Because it's not, not Paul Brown, Nothing. so keep going. Okay. You're right, because it's not our stadium. The stadium. What a guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it not Wordplay, got it. Yep, yep. Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna call an audible and switch up my uh, All right. Jim Caldwell is on his coaching tree. Hmm. Jim Caldwell is on his coaching tree. Jim Caldwell, who was with the Colts. He was with the Colts, Lions, I think Jets as well. Big well, NFL guy. There's only a couple of coaching trees that we would know about. That we would have experience with. This is more a fun fact than a hint. Yeah, got it. <laughs> but that that definitely helps us. Yeah. Okay. In that you guys have no guesses currently. Correct. Well, it narrows it down. All right. This one, this one should help out a lot. Okay. He was the University of Iowa's head coach from 1974 to 1978. 74 to 78. Yeah. Really? I. Because my last guess is going to give it, or my last hint's going to give it to you. What years? 74, 74 to 78. 78. 74 to 78. Was he at Iowa? Yeah. He actually played oh, wait, there. I don't think I have it. He played there. I. What do you got? You can guess. I was going to say Bob Cummings. You got it. And Glen Oaks <laughs> Field is Cummings yep. Field. Bob Cummings Field. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. How is he connected to Poland? Not Poland. Who did you say? Um, Caldwell. 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 Um. Wikipedia says Caldwell is on his coaching on his tree. Coach. So, so yes. somewhere. Yes. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Probably when he was at Iowa. I don't know. And, at, <coughs> an and then coach. he had an assistant. Yeah. yeah. AD. Yeah. Towboy that yeah. went on to become the. <laughs> you said Jets. make sure the hints were fun facts too. The so Jets I wanted to get that. that went on to be okay. Yeah. All, All right. right. So cool. yeah, Coach Cummings, Uncle Bob. However Bob you, Cummings, yep. 1970 state champion. Yeah. My last hint, which was going to give it away, was our last state championship okay. winning head coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Cody, go um, ahead. He was a defensive back for the Tigers. Okay. Dan Hackenbrack. <laughs> Steve Luke. <laughs> the look on my face oh, of just sheer disbelief. Woo! Good job, well, Rob. What were the other hints? <laughs> he was an All-American. Okay. He, Dan he played. <laughs> he never missed a professional game. Dan, Dan Hackenbrack. <laughs> <laughs> he played six seasons and never missed one game. Started every one of them. 
drafted in the fourth round, number 88 overall. Got traded to the Falcons, never played it down for him. Captain of the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Yeah. Also captain of the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I would assume captain of the captain of Massel, Massel Tiger. Tiger. Yes. 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 Not a lot of people can say that. No. Mm-mm. That's three level three level starter, three level captain. Yep. I love a guy. I don't think you're going to get mine on the first guess. Cool. I <laughs> kind of fun, more fun facts than anything. All right, let's roll. All right. He was once a lifeguard at Cedar Point. <laughs> Chris Spielman. <laughs> no, no. Um, let's see what order I want to do this and I told oh, you guys boy. to be prepared and I'm not prepared yeah uh, okay so he was once a lifeguard at Cedar Point you guys don't have it yet okay uh, okay he Great. is in the college football hall of fame Chris Spielman not who I have no <laughs> All right. Uh, 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 Tommy Hannon. No. Good guess, though. He was knighted by the King of Norway. What? So I don't know if they call it Sir in Norway, but it would be Sir, whoever this man is, via the King of Norway. Chris Spielman. Not yet. Uh, Lillian Gish. <laughs> really off the wall. Oh, he boy. has a town in Texas that's named after him. There was a U.S. Navy ship named after him. There was a postage stamp that had him on it. They made a movie about him in which Ronald Reagan... Was one of the stars in the movie? Spielmansberg. <laughs> in his bio at the College Football Hall of Fame, okay, it says, "Without question, football's most renowned coach." These are all like. If this is all fun facts that you just like pulled out of your ass for Paul, no, Brown, it's true. That... This is all true. It's all true. You guys just don't know who it is. You're very correct about that last yeah. one. Yeah. He died in a plane crash. Was he a guitarist in Leonard Skinner? <laughs> it's not him, and it's not Thurman Munson. And it's no one from Marshall. No, not Marshall. Died in a plane crash. When... What kind of like water boy assistant coach? Like <laughs> he had a hell of a life. He had a career coaching record in college. Head coach? Yes. His career head coaching record in college mm. was 105 wins, 12 losses, and 5 ties. And he won 3 national championships as a coach. As a coach here? Who? Was it national championships as a coach here? Was it coached here, like in America? <laughs> yes. <laughs> At Maslin, you jackass. <laughs> no. It, as a college coach, he okay. won three national championships. Three natties, 
Got it. Hunter Roper is. Ah, boy. Um, He won a professional football championship as a player. Cody looks. Cody like he, perked up. Cody like he looks like he might have about. something. What What was that record? One. Don't type it in. Stop it. I'm not typing anything. That was I'm not record. typing it in. <laughs> so you've only given us hints. Can I now ask for a hint? Sure, because the only thing I have left is a dead giveaway. Did he play for the Cleveland Browns? No. Okay. So can we hear the dead giveaway? There is a restaurant downtown named after him. Really? Really? <laughs> you pull out. <laughs> you go, Newt Rockney. <laughs> really? Newt Rockney played one season. Actually, I think it was two. Played two seasons for the professional Maslin Tigers, where he won a professional football championship. And he also got knocked out by that uh, the one guy that played for Canton. The famous athlete, Thor- Olympic guy. Oh. He was it. knighted by the king. Knighted of- by the king of Norway after he died. Oh, okay. After posthumous knight. Yes. Okay. He was born in Norway. Hmm. He was born in Norway. Came here as a kid. Grew up on the streets playing football. Back before football was a real thing. Yeah. He played for the professional Maslin Tigers. Now, what the heck was that guy's name from Canton? <sighs> he was like the most famous athlete of all time back then. Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. That's Jim Thorpe. Yeah, Cody ran said over... that like two minutes ago. Oh, well, I didn't hear you. Speak up. Okay. Jim Thorpe ran over Nuke Rockney in a game and knocked him out. Fun fact. It'd be a lot more fun fact if, like, you really didn't reach for that one as much. Wow. Was it? Just... Well, listen, we were supposed to do three people each. And that was like my one. That would have been an entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the other I, I thought it'd be easier. Steve yeah. Luke was easy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think you were making it that hard. I I didn't want to. It just happened and as I'm looking up these so called No, you just clues, said you go fun facts. I realized uh, that they were not clues, they were just fun facts. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. Newt Rockney, one of the most famous coaches of all time, coached at Notre Dame. He played at Notre Dame. He played his first year for the Akron, whatever they were, Flyers or something. The Be- the Akron Beacon Journals. Can you imagine being named the Flyers like be- back before like flying was really a thing? So then <laughs> the Akron Beacon Journal. <laughs> no, no, I couldn't imagine that, Rob. <laughs> it was like 1915 or something. He played for Maslin. We had planes then, huh. didn't we? Yeah, I think how, the concept I mean, of common, flying you know? was a thing, yes. <laughs> there were still people that didn't know. Birds yeah. did it. Birds did, in fact, fly at that time. So, name that tiger. Um, I hope I didn't upset too many people. And I just hope you learned something. I learned a lot. Out yeah. of all of that. I Ronald learned... Reagan played um, Newt Rockney's head coach before he took over as coach. Hmm. The Gipper or something. Something Gip. Oh, yeah. Go so, if you ever heard the, the Win It for the Gipper. Yeah. That was his... He said that on his yeah. deathbed... When he died of pneumonia at like a young age, because he stayed out too late at practice coaching punting. Back when the old timey diseases like 
hoof foot and saddle like I don't know saddle crash could kill you if you if it actually comes up and like yeah. they almost make it a joke about how anything back then would have killed you yes. and it, it was like no chance that this guy should have died and he did but win it for the Gipper win it for the Gipper he uh, Ronald Reagan played the Gipper got it because he was an actor yes before he was the president in yes. movies He's also you. a football player. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for these fun facts. And then, and then he was the he was the he president. was the president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he died. Oh, oh that, that, that Reagan. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. He yelled at the Russian dude about yeah. his about his wall. Yeah. yeah, tear it down or something. <laughs> I don't know. I, Ronald Reagan, big renovation guy. <laughs> Ronald Reagan, big masculine guy. Yeah, got that. That's a reach. Very much so. Yeah. We'll claim it. I mean, yeah, we'll claim it till the day we die. Big masculine guy. Big masculine guy. Anywho. <laughs> are we done here? We really got off the rails tonight. Because I'm done here. Name that tiger. Everyone's <laughs> favorite game. Go Tigers. Beat Fitch. Go Tigers. Beat Fitch.
Love on both. 